Today, inshallah, we will start with verse number 41, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدَ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالطَّيْرُ صَافَّاتٍ كُلٌّ قَدْ عَلِمَ صَلَاتَهُ وَتَسْبِيحَهُ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِمَا يَفْعَلُونَ Do you not see that all those who are in the heavens and earth praise God? As do the birds with wings outstretched. Each knows its own way of prayer and glorification. God has full knowledge of what they do. Here Allah is talking to you. Telling you, don't you see that everything... Don't you know that everything in the heavens or in, and in the earth praise God? And the birds with their wings outstretched. Subhanallah. So maybe when you see a flock of birds flying, you are looking at a Salat Jama'ah. This is Salat Jama'ah. God subhanahu wa ta'ala said that so do the birds with their wings outstretched this is maybe how they fly how they i'm sorry this is how they pray كلن, everyone قد علم صلاته وتسبيحه, knows how to pray and how to glorify god but you don't know how they do that so everything in the heavens and in the earth do that so when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to you in the past few verses about the importance of Iman and that Iman is light in the heart and, and then here he tells you that everything in this world is glorifying God I feel that there's a message for me that tells me never think that Allah tells you to have Iman and to have light in your heart because he needs your Iman he doesn't need it everything in this universe glorifies God and God doesn't even need them to so there's a message here because you have to look at the context the verses the verses before it were motivating you to have Iman and to praise God and now he's telling you everything in the universe is praising God which means that it's not Allah does not need your praise it's you who need to praise God And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the nature, everything in the heavens and the earth, including plants, including animals, including insects, including birds, everything is worshipping. So when we worship, we become in harmony with the universe. Like, I know I'm going to give an example that maybe some of you won't like it. But like in a concert, when every musician is playing one instrument, but all of them at the end are contributing to one tune. 
So all of us, every one of us is contributing to this huge Salat Jama'ah that the universe is doing. So when you are a part of this Jama'ah Salat, that with you, you need to understand that you live in a Kawn Musabbih. You live in a worshipping universe. So you are a part of this harmony. And those who do not make tasbih to Allah, do not worship Allah, are here nashaz. They are strange. They are destroying this tune, this jama'ah salah. Everything around you does that. When you look at the birds, when you look at the sky, when you look at the, the trees, they are Muslim like you. That's why one of the things is today people want, yani they care a lot about um, the environment. And we as Muslims should also care about the environment. But they care about the environment from an egocentric point of view because they want to live on a green planet they want to avoid cancer so again it is centered up I, I, around them around the ego but us not we care about the environment because the environment is Muslim this environment is a Muslim environment it's a worshiping environment so I'm not gonna torture animals or birds and I'm not gonna kill animals or birds except when I eat that's why the Prophet said that the one who takes a, an animal as a, um, as a target, except for eating, for hunting to eat, then he is cursed. You cannot just play like that and kill animals and kill birds just to play. No, you have to eat them at the end. You cannot kill them, make them as targets for you, kill them, and then trash them and throw them away. Because they are. Umamun amthalukum. As the Quran said, they are nations. All of those are nations. When the Prophet Sallallahu saw a, a bird crying nervously, he said, who scared this bird about its little chicks, little ones? So it looks like some young Sahaba wanted to like prank this bird, so they took its little uh, chicks. So it was scared, it was crying nervously, and the Prophet said, return them back to it. It's a bird, but it's a soul. <sighs> and subhanAllah, when you read the Quran with tadabbur, you need to link these verses to each other. For example, here Allah said, and you see that the Quran is taking you and ascending with you in the sky. A few verses ago, Allah was speaking about houses of worship that Allah has allowed to be built in which there are people who are doing tasbih and uh, uh, praising Allah. And then Allah speaks about the skies in which there are birds that are flying, doing their also tasbih their own way. And then Allah says, in the heavens and the earth. So it's as if the Quran is ascending, taking you and ascending 
from here in the mosque to the sky where the birds are flying and the heavens where the angels are and all the creatures are also making tasbih. This is the beauty of the Quran. The next verse says, وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ Control of the heavens and earth belongs to God and to God is the final return. Why is Allah telling me this now? Allah told me in the verse before that everything in the heavens and the earth is doing tasbih. And here he tells me that he is in control of everything in the heavens and in the earth and everything will return back to him, which means that some of us or some people and some maybe jinn or maybe some creatures may uh, transgress their limits, may reject the command of God and not do tasbih and not pray and not submit to God. Allah says, to him is the return. So everything will return back to him. Everything in the heavens and the earth is making tasbih. And at the end, he has control. Everything will return back to him. So those who rejected are coming back to him. And they will be held accountable. Verse number 43. أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُسْجِي سَحَابًا ثُمَّ يُؤَلِّفُ بَيْنَهُ ثُمَّ يَجْعَلُهُ رُكَامًا فَتَرَ الْوَدْقَ يَخْرُجُ مِنْ خِلَالِهِ وَيُنَزِّلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ جِبَالٍ فِيهَا مِنْ بَرَدٍ فَيُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءٍ وَيَصْرِفُهُ عَمَّنْ يَشَاءُ يَكَادُ سَنَا بَرْقِهِ يَذْهَبُ بِالْأَبْصَارِ Do you not see that God drives the clouds, then gathers them together and piles them up until you see rain pour from their midst? He sends hail down from such mountains in the sky, pouring it on whoever he wishes and diverting it from whoever he wishes. The flash of its lightning almost snatches sight away. <clears throat> Let's reflect on this. Many messages here. When did the clouds start to make a difference when they were united. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do you not see that God drives the clouds, then gathers them together and piles them up until you see rain pour from their midst. There's a message here about the importance of unity. Because every one of us cannot make a difference alone, but together we can make a difference. Also, Clouds were gathered and united in order to make change. Whether good change or bad change. So even those who try to do bad, they have also to unite. And that's what we see today. People are uniting against Islam. And still Muslims do not want to unite. When people unite, they can bring change. 
whether change, good change like rain or bad change, harm like hail. Being disunited like that, if we continue disuniting like that, it means that we will always be living in the, on the margin, but not having any influence. And subhanAllah, you see, Allah spoke here about one element, it's the water, H2O, but he spoke about it in a gaseous state, clouds. And he spoke about it in a liquid state, rain. And he spoke about it in a solid state, ice or hail. And it's the same thing, but its effect is different in every state. As cloud, it doesn't do anything except when the clouds gather together. And then it pours rain, which is liquid state. And then when it becomes solid state, it can either, Allah said, that it can either harm or not harm. It's all about Allah's decision. Allah here says in the verse, He sends hail down from such mountains in the sky, pouring it on whoever He wishes and diverting it from whoever He wishes. So the hail can either harm, because by the way, the hail harms the plants. And the agriculture, those who work in agriculture, they know what I mean. Some crops are destroyed by the hail. So either this hail can destroy and can damage, or it can be diverted by Allah. Subhanallah. So it's the same thing, H2O, water, that Allah makes it do different jobs, different uh, effects. which gives me a conclusion, gives me a message here that it's all about Allah, it's not about you. It's not about your talents, not about your merits, not about your characteristics, it's about Allah. Allah can either put barakah in your talents, barakah in your abilities, and make you do change to your life, to your family, to the environment around you, or not. He can disable you. Like water can harm or benefit. Light also can harm and benefit. You see, there are verses before that were speaking about nurun ala nur, light upon light. Here Allah speaks about the light, but negatively. In this verse, tells you, yakadu sana barqihi bil-absar. The flash of its lighting almost snatches the uh, sight away. It can even harm your sight. Subhanallah. So like water can harm or benefit by the permission of Allah, light can harm and benefit by the permission of Allah. Lightning can cause blindness. It can harm. It, it, it even damages the, the, the planes, causes planes to crash. Next verse. يُقَلِّبُ اللَّهُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبْتًا لِأُولِي الْأَبْصَارِ God alternates night and day. There truly is a... يعني, God alternates night and day 
There truly is a lesson in all this for those who have eyes to see. Amazing. Allah is saying that the in the alternation of the night and the day, there is a lesson for those who can see, can see the truth. Night never stays forever and day never stays forever. Good and harm, hail and rain, lightning and light, night and day, truth and falsehood also alternates. Evil and good also alternates. So when you see evil, in some place, in some country, you have to understand that this will never last. It's against the traditions of Allah, against Sunanillah. There is something called the Sunnah of Allah. There is like the Sunnah of the Prophet, which means the traditions of the Prophet. There is something called as Sunanil Ilahiyya, which is the divine traditions. So the night and day are alternating from the beginning of creation till the last day, and so does many other things, like good and evil. That's why today, when with, with all the turbulation happening in the Muslim world, many youth are very frustrated, and they come asking, when will good be victorious, totally? I tell them, never. Never good will be victorious totally, nor evil will be victorious totally. This is the history of the world from the very first day till the last day. Good and evil will be struggling against each other. And it's us as generations that come and be tested. Who will side with good and who will side with evil? And then we go and next generation comes to be tested. Who will side with good and who will side with evil? And then they go and the next generation comes like that. Allahu yuqallibu layla wa nahar. Allah alternates night and day. So whenever you are in hardship, let know that this will not last. And also be careful that also if you are in sometimes in, in uh, enjoying the blessing of Allah, maybe it doesn't last. Allah is maybe just testing you with it. Don't make the world pleasures be in your heart. Let them just be in your head. So if you lose them, you don't uh, get very frustrated. Verse number 45 is an amazing verse. The verse says, and God created each animal out of water. Some of them crawl on their bellies, some walk on two legs, and some on four. God creates whatever he will. God has power over everything. There's a lot of things to reflect upon in this ayah. And subhanAllah, Allah speaks about water. Saying that every living thing is created from water. So it's the main element. 
the, the most important thing for life is water. When they discovered that there is water on, I don't know which planet, Mars or something, they said, then there is probably life because there is water. And God descends water as rain, so it revives. And it descends hail, which can kill and damage. And at the end, it's just water. So it's not the water then. It's about Allah's decision to make the water benefit or harm. We spoke about that before. But subhanAllah, what does Allah create on this earth from water? He said, some of them crawl on their bellies. Some walk on two legs and some on four. What crawls on bellies? Snakes. What walks on two legs? Human beings. What walks on four? The rest of the animals. SubhanAllah, see how you are mentioned in the Quran. Among these creation, among snakes, among animals. The only difference that distinguishes us from them is the ability to think and decide and choose good from bad. Choose good from evil. This is the only thing that distinguishes us from see how the how the human being is mentioned here. This human being who is so proud of himself, CEO of whatever company, multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar, he's mentioned here among animals and snakes. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives us the ability to take the right decision sometimes and sometimes not. Leaves us to go astray. So the only thing that Allah gave you is this, that distinguishes you from the rest, don't disable it. Utilize it. Utilize your intellect. Think right. And subhanAllah. The surah, from the beginning of the surah, it is speaking about the types of people. Believers, strong believers, weak believers, Hypocrites, uh, non-believers. Here the verse tells me that there are snakes, there are people, and there are beasts. SubhanAllah. These are the three categories of people too, by the way. Some people are snakes, some are beasts. They don't care about massacres, blood, bloodshed. And there are people. And those three types are based on water, which means they all, the three types come from the same root. Human beings, snakes, beasts. So there are human beings that are not really human beings. There are snakes, there are hypocrites. Many. We, for example, in my country found that we were infiltrated. We had many snakes among us. And in our own families, we found beasts who saw the bloodshed and they didn't care. So make sure that you are one of the people category. Don't you ever become a snake. Don't you ever become a beast. If, you, if there's no mercy in your heart, you become a beast. If you walk with two faces, you become a snake. 46. 
لقد أنزلنا آيات مبينات والله يهدي من يشاء إلى صراط مستقيم We have sent verses that clarify the right path. God guides whoever he will to a straight path. Subhanallah, we heard something similar to this before several times. Allah here speaks about that his verses clarify the right path. For example, in the first verse, of Surah An-Nur. It says, Surah An-Anzalnaha wa-faradnaha wa-anzalna fiha ayatin bayinatin la'allakum tathakkaroon. A surah that I have descended. We said before that Surah An-Nur is unique. It is the only surah that starts with an intro about the surah. This first verse is an introduction to the surah, telling you about the importance of the surah. It says, Suratun Anzalnaha, a surah that we have descended, Wafaradnaha, and we have obligated, Wa fiha, and we have descended in it. Ayatim Bayinat. Clear verses. Verse number 34 says, And we have descended for you clarifying verses this verse number 46 says لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا آيَاتٍ مُبَيِّنَاتٍ we have descended clarifying verses so Allah speaks a lot every like uh, 10 20 verses about the importance of his own verses it's like he is like uh, giving you a break from the main uh, message that he is giving you about Iman and the importance of Iman and that Iman is like light and then he speaks to you about the importance of these verses do not read it heedlessly these verses are important they are to clarify your path in life not to be read heedlessly not to be memorized without understanding this is not why he sent this Quran and listen verse number 10 وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَابٌ حَكِيمٌ If it were not for God's bounty and mercy towards you. Verse number 20. وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَابٌ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ If it were not for God's bounty and mercy towards you. Allah keeps reminding you with his, that these verses are important. It is like he's motivating you to be alert to be to take it seriously verse number 21 same thing if it were not for god's bounty and mercy towards you if it were not that god accepts repentance and is wise subhanallah so we're speaking here that there's at least like six seven verses in a surah of 64 verses which means more than 10 percent of the surah is about Advertising, marketing, marketing the surah, marketing the messages itself. That's a message for us. We as Muslims, we do a lot of good work, but we don't care about the marketing or about the advertising. So you don't find many people coming to our events because we don't know how to market them. We don't speak about the importance of this. Allah himself speaks about the importance 
of his messages in the surah. Every 10 verses, you find something motivating you. Motivating you. For example, an example of motivation from the Quran in Surah Al-Saf. Instead of Allah telling us to believe in him as an obligation, by telling you, believe in me and in my messenger and strive in my cause, he doesn't say so. He says what? يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ The verse starts by saying, you who believe. Hmm. Allah speaking to us. Shall I show you a bargain that will save you from painful torment? So what do you say? Yes, Allah, tell us. So he tells you, have faith in Allah and his messenger and struggle for his cause with your possessions and your persons. So he's doing some motivation for you. He could have just told you obligations. These are orders, instructions, but he didn't do that. He's motivating us. That's why when we do work, we need to motivate people to. We need to motivate non-Muslims to come to our open houses. We need to motivate non-Muslims to read the Quran. We need to take it more seriously when it comes to marketing and advertising. We really need to make it take it seriously. I focus on this because actually, you know, I'm an engineer, but I studied marketing. When I found that the very last prophet of Allah was a marketer. Prophet Muhammad He was a marketer. He was a trader. He was a businessman. So this is good. And the Prophet praised traders who are truthful and trustworthy. Because it's hard to be a trader, to work in trade, and to be truthful and trustworthy. Some of them have to lie, have to uh, hide some of the um, shortcomings of their um, or defects of their merchandise and stuff. No, you have to be trustworthy and truthful, but at the same time, you need to be a good trader, to be a good, a good businessman. And the verse, subhanAllah, says, we have sent verses that clarify the right path. God guides whoever he will to a straight path. So Allah wants us at the end to be on the straight path. Allah wants us at the end to end where? In Jannah. He created Jannah and Nar. But he wants us to go to Jannah. That's what he wants. Nar sometimes is a gift for the believers. Because it reminds us here in this dunya not to fall in sin. And at the end end up in Jannah. But that's what Allah wants for us. Verses number 47, 48, 49, and 50. وَيَقُولُونَ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ مِنْهُمْ Allah 
أفي قلوبهم مرض أم ارتابوا أم يخافون أن يحيف الله عليهم ورسوله بل أولئك هم الظالمون These are four verses or five verses Four verses They say I, I, I will give them all together because they speak about the same thing The same is had they have one theme They say we believe in God and the messenger we obey but then some of them turn away these people are not true believers yet Allah is speaking about who the hypocrites and when they are summoned to God and his messenger in order for him to judge between them some of them turn away if they were claiming their right they would come willingly to the Prophet. Do they have sickness in their hearts? Are they full of doubts? Do they fear that God and his messenger might deal with them unjustly? No, it is they, it is they who, it is they who are the unjust ones. Therefore, claim to be a believer one million times. Grow a long beard, wear hijab, wear niqab, do whatever you want. The real test is when you are in a situation of obeying Allah's laws. This is the real test. So some people claim to be good Muslims, good believers, but when it comes to obeying Allah's laws, they turn away from that. There's a problem between two people and we tell them, let's sit together and solve the problem between you. Business problem. They turn away. Or some of them turn away. Why? They don't want the Sharia. They don't want the law of Allah. They don't want it. This is the real test. It's not about how, what you wear. It's not about what you, what you grow in your face. It's not about what you wear on your head. It's about this. Allah is speaking about the hypocrisy of those people. And the hypocrisy here was exposed when it came to obeying the law of Allah. But which group of them are the munafiqeen, are the hypocrites? Listen to the verses again. And when they are summoned to God and his messenger in order for him to judge between them, some of them turn away. So some turn away. Who comes to the messenger wanting his judgment accepting the judgment the one who is claiming his right so he knows that the sharia will bring him his right he will come willingly to the prophet which group are the hypocrites the first or the second both both even those who accept it because they know that it will bring him his right is also a munafiq he should accept it because he's a Muslim. Whether the right is, whether it will bring him his right or not. It's about submission to the law of Allah. But those people who apply the Sharia selectively, they select what they want. And in certain situations, they accept it because they know that they have the right. In other situations, they don't accept the arbitration of the law of Allah because they know that they don't have the right. They are also munafiqeen. We have to accept it 
no matter the judgment, no matter what the judgment will be, because we don't have anything else. We are Muslims. And subhanAllah, what would make a Muslim not accept the law of Allah? Allah says at the end, at the last verse, أَفِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ Do they have sickness in their heart? أَمِرْتَابُ Or are they full of doubts? أَمْ يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يَحِيفَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَرَسُولُهُ Or do they fear that God and his messenger might deal with them unjustly? So those are the only three reasons that would make a Muslim turn away from the law of Allah. If he has sickness in his heart, what sickness this can be? Many tafsirs say kufr. No, subhanAllah, the kufr is coming next. It's coming now. Sickness in the heart here is, we spoke, those who, huh? Kibr. Jazakallah khairan, exactly. We spoke about that in the Tarbiyah Imaniyyah. The main disease that comes to the heart is pride. Pride, arrogance. I am not going to sit to and, and let a sheikh or someone judge uh, for us from uh, the Quran and Sunnah. No, I will go to a court. I See here, it's kibr, it's the, the arrogance, pride, pride. Amir tabu, or are they full of doubts, doubting the religion? This is the kufr here. Doubting that this religion is the right religion, is the right legal system. This is kufr. Or do they fear that God and his messenger, messenger might deal with them unjustly? This is called shirk al-asma' wa-sifat, which is polytheism about the names of God, because one of the names of Allah is the, the just. So he is the just. If anyone ever at any time thinks that Allah is unjust, he committed shirk. He committed polytheism, خلاص. or thinking that someone is more just than Allah, committing shirk And the problem is, subhanAllah, because I don't want to escape. Some people, some of us, feel like this life is unjust. And then when someone says that, others tell him, say astaghfirullah, you can't say that. No, he can't say that. The Quran itself said that, by the way. Yes, life is unjust. Of course, life is unjust. And that's why Allah spoke about the hereafter and he said, La No injustice today. But of course, this life is unjust. But people cannot blame God for that. This life is when the crime itself, this life is the, is the crime scene. And the crime of injustice is committed now. You cannot blame the judge for what happened at the crime scene. We will go to the judge and he will judge between us justly. Wow, how long do we have? We finish 9.30? Okay. Okay, yeah. No, no. إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ An amazing verse. 
when the true believers are summoned to God and his messenger in order for him to judge between them, they say, we hear and we obey. These are the ones who will prosper. These are the successful ones. Subhanallah. Inna kana qawla al-mu'minina. This kana makes the verse mean that this is the tradition of the believers in all times, not only after Prophet Muhammad, this since the beginning of time. All believers since the beginning of time are proved, or they prove to be believers when they accept the judgment of Allah and his messenger. We need to understand that Islam asks us to utilize our intellect and to think and to try to understand and to try to understand the wisdom of Allah behind his obligations, for example. But the issue is, what if we do not understand the wisdom? So if Allah obligates on us a certain obligation, we are encouraged to try to think. What is the wisdom of Allah? Okay, you found out? Good. You didn't? Okay, no problem. You have to obey. That's why he said that the believers say, Sami'na, we heard, wa'ata'na, and we obeyed. Not Sami'na, wa'fahimna, wa'ata'na. We heard, and we understood, and we obeyed. No, try to understand, that's good. But if you don't understand, doesn't matter. You will still obey. Some people say, no, I have to understand. I cannot do anything without understanding. You are trying to make people like robbers do not, uh, they have, no. Who told you that you can understand all the wisdom of Allah? Can you understand all the wisdom of um, a genius? Like, for example, Einstein. Who among us can understand everything in Einstein's head? None of us. How come you want to understand the wisdom of Allah? All the wisdom of Allah? If you can't even understand the wisdom of someone who goes to the toilet. <laughs> if you don't understand the wisdom in, 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 in of these people, how come you think yourself that you are able to understand all the wisdom of Allah? Definitely, there are things that you may not be able to understand. And here, as a believer, you have to obey. You have to obey. Verse number 52. وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَخْشَ اللَّهَ وَيَتَّقِهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ Whoever obeys God and his messenger. وَيَخْشَ اللَّهَ And has God-fearing. وَيَتَّقِهُ And keeps his duty to Allah. Or to have taqwa. To guard yourself against his punishment. Those will be Al-Fa'izun, the winners. Subhanallah. Why Allah is speaking in this verse, ending it that those who will obey Allah and abide by the laws of Allah and the obligations of Allah are winners. And the first and the one before, he said Al-Muflihun, the successful. Why Allah is ending with these two characteristics of people? Why? Try to think. Imagine, to understand, to do the double, you have to imagine. 
Imagine someone who is really abiding by the law of Allah, that this will mean that he will definitely sacrifice some pleasures in this life. And he will look for people like he is losing some of the world pleasures. So Allah says, he is the winner. Those people that seem to be losers or lost sometimes pleasures or, or missing some pleasures, they are not missing anything. They are the real winners. And subhanAllah, I'll give you an example and we'll end with this. Imagine that there is someone who gave you, or not you, that someone gives someone else the chance to choose between uh, something like that, simple. A lid made of plastic or a lid made of gold. The plastic one, if you choose it, you will own it and you can even use it to do anything with it. You can use it. But the gold, if you choose it, you just hold it for a second and leave it back. So either a plastic that doesn't um, uh, worth much, but you own it, or gold that you only touch it and put it back. Which one would one choose? The plastic, of course, because you will own it. Good. What if someone chooses just to hold the gold for a second and leave it? He's what? Unwise. Okay. What if the difference, either you hold the plastic for a second and leave it, or you own the gold, becomes yours. This definitely will be like 2,000 pounds or something of gold. What if someone chooses to hold the plastic for a moment and leave it? This is what? Crazy. Definitely crazy. Instead of owning the gold, the everlasting gold, this is our own status when we are given the choice between the pleasures of this dunya that are made of plastic and they are only temporary. Temporary. Or the everlasting pleasures of Allah that are like the gold, they worth and they are everlasting. And some of us choose the temporary pleasures of this life to hold it for a few days, few years and leave it and sacrifice the everlasting gold, the everlasting fortune. That's why, yes, you may miss some pleasures when you stick to your, your religion, but make sure that those are just plastic, temporary pleasures. All this, what you see around you, houses and accounts and cars and women and whatever, if they are not halal, they are plastic, temporary pleasures. Okay?